0: Students, happy Wednesday. It is March 8th, 2023, and you're listening to Answers Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. How are you, Brother Wing? Oh, it's just such a good day, and I'm ready to feast. Oh, that's great. Well, you have come to the right place. I'm glad that you listen to my podcast, Brother Wing, uh, yeah. and, and that you sometimes contribute to it as well.
1: <laughs> I do uh, my
0: best. Hey, have I ever told you about? Have I ever told you about how I used to live in this country called Guyana? Yeah. Have you ever been to Guyana before? No. Oh, never. We ought to go. We ought to do a podcast from the country of Guyana. Guyana is kind of an interesting place. There's lots of. Uh, I think I really enjoyed living in Guyana because every morning when I woke up, I knew I was going to see something I probably would never see again in my, the rest of my life. I mean, I saw some crazy things that were just a lot of fun, but so it's a, it's a wonderful place. But one time I got really sick in Guyana and I was in the hospital in Guyana and it was not a great hospital. In fact, one morning I woke up, uh, I was, I spent about a week in there and one morning, um, I had this pain in my leg, like something was just jabbing my leg. And I was in this big room with like 10 other guys in this room who had all types of different things that had happened to them. Um, I just had dengue fever. I had lost 35 pounds in a week. It was a great weight loss diet. But when I opened my eyes, there was this chicken that was on my bed. He was There was a rooster on my hospital bed and his claw was in my leg. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a dream, but it really was a rooster. And I knocked, I knocked him off. But that has nothing to do with what I wanted to tell you about. I just remembered that there was that chicken. Um, that, would be, was, that would be traumatic, given the scenario. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy just over in the bed, uh, in the other bed next to me, next to mine, who was totally blind. It was like totally blind guy. And I was talking to him and I'm like, hey, uh, what are you doing in the hospital? He says, well, I'm blind. I'm like, and at that time, I was like, well, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to make you see again? And so I just started talking to him over the course of the next couple of days. I'm like, what's it like to be blind? And the only thing I remember is, so in Guyana, there's a lot of places, There's a, indoor plumbing wasn't a thing everywhere. And he had an outhouse and he says, yeah, I have a rope that goes from my house to the outhouse. And I hold on to this rope to make it so I make it to the outhouse. All right, he says. And I always, I always uh, step on my dog when I'm walking to the outhouse because I'm blind and I don't see the dog laying right there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Anyway, a couple of days, uh, just kind of getting to know this guy. All of a sudden, these doctors came in. and These doctors are from the States. And they came in and I remember the one doctor looked at me and he's like, what the heck are you doing here? You need to get out of this hospital. I'm like, I know I got to get out of there like chickens and stuff in here. Anyway, he didn't help me get out of there, by the way, but they wheeled this guy, my neighbor, they wheeled him off. And when they brought him back, he had two big bandages on his eyes. And uh, later that day, the doctors came back and they removed the bandages and that guy could see. Like he was blind and now whatever they did, whether it was cataracts, I'm not sure what it was, but he could totally see. And that just, it was a miracle. It changed his life. Right. Uh, back in the savior's day, they didn't have cataract surgery, but there were blind people that were healed. And we want to, we want to talk about today. like this guy, in order for him to be healed, he needed doctors from the States to come down and do the surgery. But what are these guys going to do who who are in a, a situation where uh, these blind guys are in a situation where no one can do surgery. There's nothing that anyone can do. Imagine being in a circumstance, I mean, where, where they're stepping on dogs or doing whatever happens when you're blind. How is the Savior going to help them, and what do they need to do uh, in order to be helped? All right, Brother Wing, take it away. Tell us, uh, give us a story here. In Matthew 9, verse 27, two blind
1: men approached Jesus they say thou son of david have mercy on us um and then he came and he asked them a question he's going to heal them but first he sa- he asked them and says believe ye that i am able to do this now as a reader we might look at that and be like well why is he asking that question what does that have to do with anything it's like it has everything to do with this that that um the belief that they have to receive what they desire. Um, and so there is somewhat of an interview that's taken place here just to see if they are ready for this miracle or or that they can receive uh, this miracle. They say, Yay, Lord, and he then he touched their eyes mm-hmm. and he says, According to your faith be it unto you. And then their eyes are opened and and they can see that they receive this miracle. And and you know, we might approach the Lord with our own desires. Um, with whatever we're facing today, but it's probably appropriate then to kind of at least even imagine the Lord coming back to us and say, "Do you believe, you know, that He's able, you know, to do this?" And I, I think of Nephi when he wanted to see Lehi's dream; that was his desire, mm-hmm. and um, and he's it says in there in, in Matthew or sorry, <laughs> First Nephi, chapter eleven, verse one it says that he desired to know the things which his father had seen and believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto him. And then what's also interesting is that the spirit then comes, he's t- he's up on this high mountain and the spirit comes and says, what desirest thou? And he tells his desire, I, I want to behold the things that my father saw. And then the next question, the spirit said unto me, believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he has spoken. So there's the same kind of interview in a way that's taken place. Um, that we're going to establish, we, we can state our, we state our desires. And then there's this kind of, well, where's our belief? Um, and so that's, what's just so powerful about this. And what can we do to then strengthen our belief? And we talk about this on the podcast so much that scripture study is going to help us. And so we've got this story here about the two blind men that could strengthen our belief. We got more stories in Mark yeah. chapter five that we can talk about to strengthen our belief.
0: I really, that's an interesting point that you bring out, Brother Wing. I, I, I like that you said, you know, there's a difference between a desire and a belief. Desire is important, uh, and desire can help fuel, uh, provide fuel till we get to the point where we believe, but just because we desire something doesn't necessarily mean that we believe. And so this next story that we're going to look at with, um, with the, this ruler of the synagogue named Jairus. We're going to see that he has, we're going to see his desire clearly, but also look carefully in the story to see where his belief is. So uh, in Mark chapter five, verse 22, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogues, right? I wonder about that. I wonder wonder if there are some synagogues that were pro-Jesus, or if this was a synagogue that wasn't necessarily pro-Jesus, but Jairus happened to be pro-Jesus, right? So this guy named Jairus, by name, when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. You see the desire, just in the way that he describes his daughter by calling, I, I see that phrase, my little daughter. This I, I have daughters. I got four daughters. And so I can kind of uh empathize with Jairus when he says, My little daughter is so sick and she's gonna die. And so you see this great desire, but then you see um there's some cues to me when I see that he falls at his feet. Um there's some humility there. There's some uh there's belief later on when he says, I know that if you lay hands on her, she may be healed and she shall live. So you can you can see his desire coupled with his with his belief there. All right, keep that story going for us. What else do you what what else happens on the way? Yeah. So this uh, this way
1: that he's going, you know, the, with believing, and I don't know if he's humbled first by obviously the his daughter's condition would be humbling to anyone, yeah. and then it kind of maybe sparks some belief. You know, the the challenge that he has there, but then on the way that they're going. Um, This is the now very famous story where there's this throng of people, you know, they call it a press of people here and they're on their way there. And that's when this, the story of the woman with the issue of blood intersects that she hears of Jesus coming. And she has this belief um, that if she can touch even just the edge of his clothes, that she can be healed. And so in her condition with a blood issue, which would have made her um, unclean, according to Jewish law, and therefore it would have been quite bold of her to enter a crowded place like that, and kind of push her way through to be able to um, touch Jesus's clothes, and that's what's so fascinating about the story, is because there's that many people there, and then Jesus recognizes that this power virtue has done something, right? He reckon he feels it. And so he stops and says, who touched my clothes? <laughs> Which is a, um, an interesting question, given that situation. The disciples are like, wait, why? We got all these people around you. You're saying who touched me? Like there's tons of people around. This is a very packed place right now. Um, But this is another, I'll pause from the story here to have a believing heart. It's, this I learned this from my wife. Um, she was studying this story, and she's like, "Who's he asking the question to?" You know, um, it's to the, it's to the disciples. Now, why mm-hmm. does Jesus ask questions? Does he is he asking a question yeah, because he doesn't, doesn't know, know the answer? Yeah. <laughs> no, so he knows the answer to the question, and and he's asking. Well, why does he ask questions? Typically, it's to teach. So, what's he trying to teach? You know, and um, maybe. He's trying, this is what my wife suggested here, is that maybe he's trying to say, look, you need to be present here. You need to recognize this. Yeah, we're in a stressful situation. This is a life and death matter with Jairus' daughter. And yet something very significant has happened here. And there's a person in need. And we need to be present with this. You need to be sensitive and aware of, of who touched. Like, can you look around and figure this out? You know, and so I imagine, you know, I don't know what happened here, but the disciples might have like, well, who was it? You know, some miracle happened, you know, and maybe they're starting to clue in, Uh, but this woman's faith then is, is acknowledged by the Lord and he, and she is made whole of, of her plague that she had had for so long, no one else could help her with, but Jesus does in this moment reassures her that she hadn't done wrong by approaching him, of course. Um, and, and this is a powerful belief, but that it's this very moment that you're like, well, what about Jairus? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and so it's a, it's think of the awful message that then received in this very moment when, uh, the message is given to Jairus that says thy daughter is dead. Right. Why troublest thou the master any further now? Awful moment again, but Jesus's response. Be not looks right at Jairus. Be not afraid. Only believe. That's, you know, uh,
0: again, a principle here, you know, and just as a side note to that, um, to that believing woman with the issue of blood, the question that I, that, that I've ponder about her is what made her think that she could touch Jesus's clothes and be healed? Where, where did she get that from? where did she get that idea from? The only thing that I can think of is, Maybe she read the scriptures. Maybe she knew about the prophecy of Jesus Christ in Malachi, where Malachi said that Jesus would come and have healing in his wings. The skirts or the, the bottom of Jesus's uh, clothes were called wings. The, the, and, and maybe she thought, I wonder if this is the Messiah that Malachi had prophesied about. I wonder if I just touch his wings, the wings of his clothes, if I'll be healed. That must have just been a remarkable confirmation of her faith in scriptures and understanding of uh, and testimony of prophets to have that uh, that healing take place. If in that, if that's indeed where she uh, she got the idea to do that from. But here's here's uh, the, you know, picking up on the story. So he leaves he leaves this woman healed and now he's off to um, to heal this this girl who they just have received word that she's dead and you got people telling telling Jairus don't trouble the master any further she's dead uh again like you said brother wing in the next verse he says don't be afraid only believe now imagine if you were the one that recognized that she was dead and you are the one that said uh don't trouble the master any further she's dead and then you have Jesus saying be not afraid only believe you're like okay well okay we're not afraid of that de- all right there's something the master saying this but then a little bit later jesus says after he says be not afraid only believe he then says this um the damsel is not dead but sleepeth now you're like okay Gee, I, I just told, I, I told Jesus she's dead. And he says, don't be afraid. Okay, I can handle it. But now he's saying she's not dead, but is asleep. When people heard that, and they had such an, there were two different reactions to hearing that Jesus say, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. There were some that laughed him to scorn is what the scripture say. In other words, they ridiculed him. He imagined the things that they may have been saying, like. Why would you do this to, Jer- to Jairus? Why would you convince him that there was hope here? Or what do, you, what do you mean she's not dead? It's clear that the signs are obvious she is dead. And so there were others that didn't have that reaction. They, they believed what Jesus had said, that this girl is asleep. And so it's interesting, those who believed were allowed to stay. Those who, who laughed him to scorn or ridiculed him, he put them out, or he made them leave the room. And then he uh, he raised this girl from the dead. So, so what can we learn about what's required to see miracles or to have miracles happen in our lives from this story? Well, one, we've been talking about having desire and then belief, but also that belief has to be cu- coupled with faith. We don't want to scorn, ridicule, uh, Ridicule sacred things, and especially ridicule uh, the Savior and His power, saying, "This can't happen. None of this can happen. Uh, this can't happen in my life. It can't happen in the life of my family. It just can't happen." That type of ridicule uh, drives us out of where miracles take place. Yeah, that's the that's the
1: the real power here is that sometimes we might get, catch ourselves not laughing Jesus to scorn, but rejecting a prompting of the Holy Ghost, because it sounds really unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe a scriptural quick scriptural example is when the people were bitten by the fiery flying serpent, and then they get the message, go look at this serpent on this brass serpent on a staff, you just go look at it, and you're going to be healed. Sounds totally unbelievable, right? Well, we learned from the Book of Mormon that some didn't go and look and then perished because they just lacked the belief uh, to follow the prophet's counsel there. And then maybe the Lord might say something to us today that sounds um, unbelievable, uh, prompting of the Holy Ghost, and we want to be able to have a believing heart to receive that and then then be able to witness the miracle that follows our,
0: our obedience to that initial prompting. Here's a great example from General Conference for you, Brother Wing. Larry Lawrence, back in 2015, he said this, there was a humble young man who couldn't seem to find the right young woman when the went to the Lord for help. This was the question that he uh, that he asked. It's a great question. He said, what is keeping me from being the right man? Oh, can you imagine the, the courage that that must have taken to ask Heavenly Father to, hey, will you tell me what is keeping me from being the right man? The answer came into his mind and heart. You ready for this profound answer? Clean up your language. At that moment, he realized that several crude expressions had become part of his vocabulary, and he committed to change. Here's another example. Uh, This was a girl that was a YSA that was behind in her classes. Her social life was not what she had hoped for, and she was generally unhappy. Finally, one day, she fell to her knees and cried out, what can I do to improve my life? Oh, man, can you imagine the answer that could come to this big time answer? The Holy Ghost whispered and said, get up and clean your room. This prompting came as a complete surprise. Can you imagine ridiculing? Maybe I'm not quoting here from the talk, but can you imagine ridiculing that prompting? Like, no, it's got to be something. If I'm going to improve my life, it's got to be something huge. This prompting came as a complete surprise, but it was just the start she needed. After taking time to organize and put her things in order, she felt the Spirit fill her room and lift her heart. So I think that's one of the messages of of miracles. Miracles can start with that believing heart, just with uh, not casting out the small impressions that come. And miracles, you know, when we read about them in the scriptures, they seem instantaneous and amazing. But the, I think most of the time, these miracles that happen come from consistent faithfulness and believing over a period of time and listening to the promptings of the Holy Ghost, getting you from uh, the, your initial baseline, like we talked about, to a much higher and holier place. Are you speechless, Brother Wayne?
1: <laughs> I had to unmute myself there. <laughs> um, I do uh, want to add here that this is the this is the chance that we have to uh, act on these promptings, and sometimes they might be kind of like unbelievable that we can get a prompting. Like someone's like, "Well, great, I'll take a prompting, I'll do it," but they don't even believe that, um, or they m- may not be able to feel like they're recognizing them. But um, all of these stories combined, all that we've talked about, the two blind men, Jairus, this woman with the issue of blood, the people that were at the house with the daughter, like these are all opportunities for us to kind of strengthen our belief. And, you know, like you said, with the where would the woman with the issue of blood get this idea? She probably got it from the scriptures, you know, yeah. we talked about last week about the centurion who said, you know, just don't come to my house. I'm not worthy, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Where did he get that idea? Maybe he read Genesis chapter one. You know, the Lord spake and the earth was created, you know, and so our, like, I just want to reiterate what you had just said that the, our consistent scripture study, even if we don't feel like we're getting much out of it day to day, consistently done over time, it is strengthening our faith and our, our ability to have a believing heart so that when we do ask questions or we do face challenges that we're more open to the, those promptings that are gonna come and we can receive them the way the Lord wants us to
0: receive them and thereby get the miracle. Awesome. Students, thanks for listening to this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. Keep reading your scriptures. Come to our, one of our Institute classes. You guys are awesome, everybody. We love your gut, stay righteous.